the Irish Times Inside Business Podcast, in association with EY, building a better working world. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Inside Business Podcast. I'm Cliff Taylor, filling in this week for Kieran Hancock. The news this week is all about energy prices, as soaring costs on wholesale markets feed through to higher bills. To discuss the impact on Irish businesses and what the government might do to respond, I'm joined this week by Irish Times Business Affairs correspondent Mark Paul and by the General Manager of the Sleeve Russell Hotel in Cavan, Tony Walker. Mark Paul, the energy crisis finally seems to be really hitting home with businesses. We're hearing stories daily now of uh, businesses getting huge energy demands, three, four times what they were getting before, a small restaurant getting a bill for nearly 10000 what are you hearing about the impact of this? Well, look, what I'm hearing, first of all, Cliff, is that this isn't just some um, abstract problem out there in the ether. I mean, businesses are really seeing it um, in what's coming through their letterboxes uh, in terms of the bills, and it's really it's really manifesting itself there. I mean, you know, I've seen it um, reported a few times that the, the price of where gas is now is is equivalent to oil being at about four or $500 a barrel, and that's going to have a huge effect on a lot of the input costs for businesses. And it's right across different sectors. Now, different sectors are being affected in different ways, but um, you have, first of all, the sectors that are most obviously affected are in manufacturing, um, anybody who's making glass, anybody who's got furnaces, anybody who's got equipment that uses um, vast amounts of energy, you know, metal companies, engineering companies, those kind of companies. But then other sorts of sectors where you wouldn't um, think it would be as big of an issue, but it actually is. Um, for example, you've got the hospitality sector. Um, which is affected from both sides. A lot of the a lot of the input costs in the hospitality sector, and the cost of energy, the cost of heating swimming pools, that kind of thing. And then at the other end, um, the revenue base obviously of of the hospitality sector is also being eroded because, as the likes of myself or or, or other members of the public out there, um, um, deal with huge increases in our energy bills, we don't have as much disposable income um, to spend on hospitality products. And then um, in other sectors like the grocery sector, um, and one of the big things for supermarkets actually, um, and they're all rushing to address it now is the fact that most of them, most supermarkets um, have had open fridges um, for years. They have fridges, chilling units with no doors on them, which are hugely, hugely energy inefficient. And um, Tesco, I know, for example, um, is now in the middle of a program where it's putting doors on all of its fridges. It seems like a very simple thing. It's a very, very granular thing, but it just goes to show how there's a direct line now between um, the, the energy crisis, what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, what's happening in wholesale gas markets, and the decisions that are being taken day to day inside businesses, like should I put a fridge, a door on all my fridges? Um, so all of those kind of things um, are, are welling up. And, um, 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 you know, I mean, we've seen, for example, um, senior executives of Musgraves said that they expected the, the annual energy bill of a Centra store and um, go from your average Centra store, go from 50 grand a year to 200 grand a year. Um, so look, these sort of issues are emerging in a very, very bright way for businesses. It's not, it's not something that, that, uh, that's floating around in the background. It's happening every day uh, in their finance departments and, and, and in the decisions made by managers. And those kind of scale of increases, they really sound like they change the uh, economics of how a lot of businesses are going to operate in future because the likelihood is we're not looking at some kind of a short-term factor here. These higher energy prices, well, you know, perhaps they might ease a bit next year, but prices way higher than we're used to could well be here to stay. Yeah, it's 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 not going to be a short term thing. Um, um, it's going to be. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of signals coming from the energy industry in particular who say that they think this is going to be an issue, um, for for perhaps a couple of years. So it rewrites 
um, the basis upon which a lot of products um, their selling price is calculated. Um, and the cost basis, it's not a, it's, it's, it's a structural change or a semi-structural change in how, in, in, in how this feeds through. And also as well, I mean, particularly for the hospitality sector and the grocery sector, two consumer facing sectors. Um, um, you also have the cost of food then as well. Um, and not just energy. You have the cost of energy feeding into, into food, but also other commodities like wheat and so on have a huge impact there. During the pandemic, the government borrowed about whatever 30 billion euros, gave about 10 billion euros in direct wage supports. And it was kind of difficult to see how profitable um, businesses were at a fundamental level once the, the pandemic was dissipating. And now it's difficult again, because it's hard to see how what what businesses are are profitable on an underlying basis and can survive um when uh, when they're going to have to get so much government help with this um, and we don't know they don't know exactly how to cost things um so look uh, uh, this is going to go on for a long long time and um, you kind of wonder for the government as well they're in a little bit of a bind because they spent so much money supporting businesses directly through the pandemic you're like well is all that money wasted if they don't step up and support them through this next phase as well and if that's the case well then for how long do they have to keep supporting these businesses? Or at what point does the state's resources set a limit on the amount of help that can be provided to businesses? So it's a very, very difficult and fluid situation. Uh, and it's one that I really don't envy the decision makers on. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly with the uncertainty about what's going to happen. We're also joined by Tony Walker, the general manager of the Sleeve Russell Hotel. Tony, maybe you could give us, I think everyone knows the Steve Rustin Hotel, but just give us a quick summary of the size of the hotel and the size of the business and then talk to us a bit about your experience of this energy crisis and how you are seeing your bills uh, rise very quickly. Thanks, firstly, uh, thanks Cliff and, and to Mark as well for asking me to join join the podcast this morning. Uh, yes, we're Sleeve Rustin Hotel located in, in Ballycon and West Cavan, 222 bedrooms, um, fairly extensive conference and banking facilities, uh, 1,865 square metres. Uh, we have three restaurants. We have a full leisure centre with the 20-metre the, the pool, sauna, steam rooms, you know, jacuzzi, uh, fully equipped gym. We also have a separate standalone spa. Again, it has its own sauna, steam room, uh, and other thermal you know, facilities within that within that area. We have an 18-hole golf course. Um, we also have a 9-hole par 3 course. Uh, so it's a it's a fairly fairly big footprint of a building. A lot of things using a lot of energy there. I, I see in your list: <laughs> jacuzzis, swimming pools. Yes. Tell us yes, about the yes. bills that that you've been getting. Great, will do. We we would consume, I suppose, somewhere between two point eight and three million kilowatts per annum. Um, if I look at sort of January twenty nineteen to July twenty nineteen, uh, that that seven month period, our bill was two hundred and fourteen thousand euros. Uh, with an average kilowatt cost of 11 cent. If I move to January 22 to July 22, our bill was 478 euros for the same period, with a, a, an average kilowatt cost of 28 cent. And interestingly enough, the usage between, when you compare both years, was down 115,000 euros. So what measures we did introduce, I suppose, in 2021 in terms of making the business a bit more efficient, efficient with, you know, implementing LED lighting as an example, um, you know, we, we, we've seen that usage reduced, which is great to see. But, you know, if you compare the two numbers, it's up 154%. Um, over the, over the, yeah. Just give us those two numbers again, there, Tony. Just the two top line numbers. Well, the two top line numbers uh, for the for the January July period in twenty nineteen, our bill was two hundred fourteen thousand euros, and this year it's sitting at four hundred seventy eight thousand euros. 
Um, so are, are there indications that more could be to come from yeah, your energy supplier? Yeah, just gonna, I was just going to move on to that. I've spoken to two suppliers, our existing supplier and a, and a competitor in the market. They've both come back with the forecast indicative price for the next 12 months of between 51 cent and 54 cent per kilowatt. That would, with our current usage, that would put our annual bill at somewhere between 1.5 and 1.6 million. Um, that would sort of see, you know, our average monthly bill being somewhere in the region of 130,000 euros, which is about 4,200 euros a day, about 175, 175 euros per hour. So it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, that's an extraordinary scale of increase, yeah. Tony. I mean, yeah. what, what do you do about that? Do you have options with other suppliers or locking in prices? Or, or what are your options in this situation as a, I guess, medium, large business? They will offer us a lock in, all right, but it's for like 20, 24 months. Um, that's too long of a period. Uh, you know, the price is too high to lock in, in honesty. Um, so we just have to opt on this cost plus plus a, a margin model that they are off, they are offering, whereby they will they will charge us the cost to, the cost of electricity that they're buying. The supplier will suppl- mm-hmm. will will supply us electricity at a, that the cost that they're paying for it, and then they'll add on a margin like you know one cent per kilowatt is, as an example uh, sure. over the month as a management fee. Um, so that's what we've we've proposed to do for the next six months and see what happens. Um, yeah. So on the plus side, that that means you're you're not locking in a, a super high price, but on the negative side, it means you have no certainty about what you're going to be paying from week to week. Is that it? That's it. We've no certainty. Yes. You know what I have done is, uh, you know, our LP, we use LPG as well. I've locked in our LPG price at mm. fifty six cent for six months. So that will give us some element of of, of I suppose certainty there. Or, you know, the, 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 sure. yeah. Um, we that that has gone up seventy percent year on year, and this time last year we were paying thirty three cent a liter. So now I've locked in fifty six cent a liter. Um, sure. So what does that mean for your business now? Looking out over the winter, um, you know, are you able to keep your leisure centre open? Do you have to change the way you operate? Adjust the number of people you employ could cost in other areas. What 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 do you do to cope with that? I suppose we're looking at all that at the moment, um, but you know the the one th- the key message that I, I've put a team in place uh, within the hotel to sort of look at our overall energy consumption, see where we can make reductions. But the key message for me is this cannot impact the customer or the guest or their experience here. So whatever we do, we've got to do it that they that they don't feel any of the you know the 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 pain so to speak. Um, and I don't want to increase any of our prices either because, as Mark alluded to, you know, we, we, we rely on hospitality, we rely on disposable income and, you know, we've got to be seen to, to protect our value, value for money proposition and that's what we intend to do and that's what I'm committed to doing. So we will look yes. at, you know, a lot of our energy is consumed as, you know, within the leisure centre. Um, I'm actually looking at replacing an air handling unit there, uh, which obviously is a capital cost, but that would sort of make that whole sort of air handling in that area a lot more efficient. Um, I'm looking at switching out a boiler as well that would make the, the, the heating of that pool a, you know, a lot more efficient. I'm doing things like that. We're looking at yeah. all our, you know, we, we would consume a lot of electricity in terms of pumps and plant and, and machinery and air handling units. So we're just just going back and looking at all that. You know, where we can maybe you know, put timers on, on machines or put timers on fans or timers. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. Back to sort of basics. Sure. And obviously businesses can, can cope over it. I guess a short period of time, Tony. But the uncertainty of this must be difficult. And that I don't know—is it a likelihood? Is it a possibility that these kind of prices could could be where it's at now for some time? Yeah, there could be. I suppose I would describe it as being. This is a shock to the economy, really, isn't it? A shock for for everyone concerned. And 
you know, I think, uh, you know, in fairness to the government, they stepped in uh, with COVID-19 with, with a range of emergency measures. And, you know, I think they've got to step up to the plate again and provide us with some sort of measures as well um, to help us ride out the storm. This will ride itself at some point, but I suppose when that will happen, we don't know. What kind of measures are you looking for, Tony? What what kind of things could the government reasonably do to help businesses through this? Well, I think it could possibly uh, introduce some sort of a continuity grant scheme, as an example, like they did before. Um, yeah. Maybe put, try to put a cap on the cost of electricity per unit. Um, I, I you know I know they're they're talking about um, the the with the budget the forthcoming budget. I think they need to sort of you know not pull back on on the grants that are there for 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 sustainability projects. I think that should be key on the agenda, and I think that should be continued into twenty three and twenty four, and perhaps even enhanced as well. Um, you know, hospitality and hotels hotels in particular can play a big part in the whole sort of reducing our carbon footprint for for not just for ourselves as individual businesses, but obviously for the country in general. At EY, our purpose is to build a better working world. As one of Ireland's leading professional services firms, our exceptional people are at the centre of everything we do. We deploy technology at speed and innovation at scale to deliver exceptional solutions for our clients, enabling them to transform and grow. To find out more, visit ey.com. Mark Paul, what are you hearing from your business contacts about the demands from business in general and what do you think might happen in terms of government support? Because as Tony Walker said, something's going to have to be done here. Yeah, something will have to be done. But I mean, business, this time around, business is in a sort of a queue with, you know, with you know, people on fixed income like pensioners, like householders. And um, there's so many demands on the public purse at the moment. Um, IBEC was what was out last week and was very, very upfront and, uh, and, and, and specific that it wanted the government to help businesses to pay their bills. Now, what, um, um, what Danny McCoy, um, the chief executive of IBEC said is that he didn't expect the government to make every business whole on, 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 on the reduction. He says everybody's got to feel some pain. But I mean, Fergal O'Brien, um, the director of lobbying for IBEC at a, at a press conference, he gave the example of a large company who's um, a large manufacturing business in Ireland um, whose energy bill used to be 20 million euros a year and uh, has jumped to 100 million euros a year. Now, I mean, you know, the government surely can't be expected to transfer 80 million euros to a business like that. Um, but it's going to have to come up with some sort of a scheme, whether it caps prices um, at a retail level or whether it caps the price that is paid on gas for generating electricity, um, which might serve to bring down prices. With the hospitality sector in particular, I mean, I mean, different sectors will look for different things. I mean, some of the state aid um, um, interventions that the government has gotten uh, uh, support from or permission from Europe to do um, are limited solely to the manufacturing and exporting sectors. Um, so that would leave out um, the entire grocery sector, that would leave out hospitality, it would leave out retailers and um, it would leave out any businesses really um, that are focused uh, that are that are focused on the domestic market. Um, the hospitality sector, the conversation will always come back to one thing and one measure that the sector will always look for. And uh, it's it's like we've been talking about it for 15 years and that's the 9% VAT. Um, and it will come down to that again. And, and, and their argument has strengthened for that to be retained. Um, the Department of Finance doesn't like that measure. It's never liked it, um, um, but it's the most efficient way of helping the hospitality sector um, and because it, it, it basically adds, if you by changing the, 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 the rate from 13.5% to 9%, it adds 4.5% onto the margin of every, uh, of every hospitality business. 
Um, and that's a huge amount. That could be the difference between you know being a profitable business and a loss-making business. That's due to run out at the end of February. Um, the plan at the moment uh, is, 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 is to allow it to run out. Um, but that would be, a, 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 it's a politically risky move by, by Pascal Donahue to do that, even though it's obvious that that's what he wants to do um, because it's an expensive measure to keep in place. If he doesn't, if he, if he decides to let it revert back to the 13.5% rate, and if businesses in the hospitality sector start falling over like dominoes, he will get the blame. And the decision to go back to the 13.5% will get the blame. Um, so it's a very, very difficult situation. But ultimately, what it all boils down to is, is transfers of taxpayer cash directly to businesses in the most efficient way possible to help them pay their bills. But they're not the only ones asking for that. Householders are asking for it. Pensioners are asking for it. The unemployed will be asking for it. Um, and uh, uh, there's so many demands on the public purse right now um, um, that then the question arises um, as to, to what extent is the capacity there to help businesses. And just to throw that question at you, I know you were talking to some economists uh, when you did your your piece last week uh, for the Irish Times on on how businesses might be helped, and there's I, I guess different views on how much the government can afford. Yes, I mean there, there seems to be a general view that look, I mean look, the, the government is running a surplus, um, 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 a quite a sizable surplus this year. Is it about is it about six billion or so? Six six billion or so of surplus this year. Six at the moment, and. Yeah, maybe maybe four or five at the end of the year, depending on how things pan out. Yeah, absolutely. And so, look, there is some capacity there um, um, for the government to borrow. But you also have to factor in that Ireland has, you know, almost 50 grand's worth of national debt for every man, woman, child in the country. Um, almost two, the national debt stands at almost 250 billion euros. The maturity dates on a lot of that debt, um, um, they're not imminent or they're, they're most of that debt. So, you know, they won't need to refinance a lot of it anytime soon. So there is capacity there to borrow. Um, but but one, of the, one of the things that come back from some of the economists that I spoke to was just because the capacity is there to borrow, then there's a separate question, which is, well, should we borrow? Um, and uh, I mean, I spoke to Colin McQuiller, for example, in Davy, um, um, who said that, you know, the government needs to weigh this issue very, very carefully. It can borrow, but it needs to decide um, um, how wise it will be to borrow, uh, lar- you know, in, 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 huge, uh, in huge quantities. Um, so it's, uh, again, um, um, it, the government is really, really in a bind on this. Um, um, you know, it goes back to that point that I made earlier, that they spent so much money supporting businesses throughout the pandemic um, and throughout the lockdowns and the closures that really a lot of that money has gone down to Swanee if they just allow those same businesses to fall over now in the energy crisis. So it's kind of, um, it's a kind of a big fiscal political version of in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, I was going to say double or quits, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got to see it through. Yeah, whatever one you want to use. And yeah, you'd wonder if those exchequer figures last week and the extraordinary surplus are maybe starting to tip the political balance, along with what else, what's happening elsewhere in Europe to, to more and more being done. I guess we'll know in a few weeks. Uh, Tony Walker, there were a couple of stories that you had, which I think were illustrative of kind of the wider pressures small businesses like, or small to medium sized businesses like yours are facing. Uh, and also the wider effect throughout the economy, um, a move to buy some mattresses uh, and also an attempt to buy some crockery. Tell us about those. Yes, we the, our accommodation manager uh, got a quote for, for 40 mattresses at the beginning of July. And uh, I made a decision following a meeting in August to go ahead and, and order the mattresses. Um, when, she, when she went to place the order with the supplier, uh, the price had gone up um, over 30% um, between the, the, the original quotation in July. And placing the order. Yes. What was the reason? What was the reason for that? Well, they, what they're saying is that their input costs have gone up as well, and their their, their raw material costs to manufacture the mattresses have gone up, and uh, we may be lucky to have them before Christmas. 
Makes it hard to run a business. It does indeed, it does indeed. And likewise with the crockery. Tell us about the crockery, yeah. Crockery is, uh, the, the, our suppliers have approached us and they, they're looking for an order now, a Christmas order, and they want it now. Um, because yeah. they're, they, they, the manufacturers, the, ch- the crockery company, are only going to, to fire up their furnaces uh, for a limited period between now and Christmas uh, to manufacture crockery. So they want, to, they want pre-orders in first before they will, they will, they will do that. And obviously the fact that companies like that are only firing up their furnaces or working their production lines for shorter period of times, you would think it's going to have some wider impact on the economy and those companies on jobs, on general economic activity. And I presume that's due to soaring energy costs. That's what it is, down to soaring energy costs. And obviously the price of crockery has gone up as well. Like like uh, like everything else, All of our, uh, a lot of our input costs have gone up from... You know, even things like top dressing sand on the golf course, we buy a couple of thousand tons every year. That's gone up 10%. And, you know, fertilizer's gone up 15%. And, you know, food, like for a period of time, like fresh fish has pretty much doubled in the last 12 months. Um, one item, salmon, was twelve fifty a kilo last year. It's now just come back slightly at twenty two fifty a kilo. At one point, we were paying 24 euros a kilo for salmon, 50 cent dear than sirloin of beef. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, I'm nearly 40 years in this business and I've never known, never experienced having to pay more for, for a piece of salmon than a service <laughs> of beef, to be honest with you. Yeah, it puts, the, puts a new uh, slant on the traditional wedding choice of beef or salmon on the menu, I suppose, all right, yeah. And and can you, as a, as a business, uh, can businesses like yours resist passing that on to consumers? I know you were saying earlier you're, you're doing everything to protect your consumer or your your, your customer at least, uh, and I'm sure a lot of businesses are doing likewise, but is there an inevitability at some stage? Well, yes, there probably will be, Cliff, in, in honesty. But at the moment, what we're doing is, you know, we, we are, like our head chef, as an example, is looking at all our dishes and maybe making some tweaks to, to, to what, what, we're, what we're putting on the, putting on the plate. We've been looking enough, we've been very, very busy this year with a very, very busy July and August. So the volumes have been there and the, the mix of business between weddings and functions and, and, and leisure. We, we've managed to maintain our margins on food and drink. Right. And, and a very welcome bounce back after COVID, I'm and sure. And a very welcome back, yes. Hugely difficult for businesses like yours. Hugely difficult, but yes. I, I mean, Mark alluded to this earlier, and so did you. Do you. Would you have concerns now about consumer spending powers that the autumn breaks mightn't be as good as the summer season, for I, example? I would be, and honestly, I would. Yeah, I would be slightly yeah. concerned that we may see it, you know, drop off, and as you say, in, in demand for for the winter breaks, and and that's all the more reason why we've got to be seen to protect the, the value for money proposition, and you know, providing the good, excellent service that we do, and you know, get and the guest experience, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mark Paul, Tony's stories there really illustrate how this crisis is rippling through the economy and how any talk that we had earlier this year of maybe the inflationary threat being transitory is looking is looking well out of date at this stage. Yeah, look, and you can argue till the cows go home about whether or not central bankers were too laid back about all of this stuff um, um, earlier this year and, and, and prior to Ukraine war and last year and whether they should have been raising interest rates quicker. Um, but the reality is is that we're now standing on the precipice. We've just had a, 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 a 0.5% uh, rise in, interest, in the ECB rate um, um, earlier in the summer and, and there's going to be another decision now um, in September and, and, and really it looks like a, a toss-up between 0.5% Five percent and zero point seven five percent. I mean, this takes an enormous scoop 
out of the spending power of anybody. Um, and that will be reflected um, in the hospitality sector and, and, and so on. I mean, they're the ones, you know, you know that, that is the sort of stuff um, that's cut first. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, 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 it's, it's, it's not transitory. Um, um, it's here to stay. Um, and another thing as well that people um, um, tend to forget in all of this is the extent, is also labour costs and, and, and the extent to which businesses are going to be able to resist demands from their employees to raise wages um, 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 because um, we also have a labor crisis and and if you take a, if you take an industry like um, like hospitality the, the wage rate in hospitality sector at the moment if you look at the CSO figures is rising at a multiple of, uh, of, of wage rises in other sectors because they simply cannot get the staff but 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 it's like it's like um, it's like attaching I think you know Cars going in two opposite directions to the same piece of road, pulling on it, pulling it in two in two directions. Eventually, it will snap, um, and 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 eventually, a point, businesses will reach a point where they just cannot meet employee wage demands. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. I mean, there's just there's just so many plates spinning in relation to this uh, cliff. You just can't help but fear that some of them are going to start crashing, and we're going to hear the sound of some of those plates crashing for businesses, um, and, and pretty soon between energy costs, between labour costs, um, and other input costs, and um, food costs. Costs and consumer, uh, uh, you know, disposable income and the ability of consumers, the ability of the government um, to step in with subsidies. Um, and something's going to come crashing down at some stage. And I don't want to sound like a Pollyanna, but you really would fear for a lot of SMEs come the end of the winter. Yeah, a lot of them did so well to get through COVID. And we can only hope, I guess, that um, they get through, get through this shock as well. Uh, big government supports on the way, I expect. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. Mark Paul, thanks for joining us. And Tony Walker, General Manager of the Sleeve Russell Hotel. Thank you for joining us too. And we wish you the best over the winter and heading into next year. Thank you very much. That's all we have time for this week. So thanks to my guests, Mark Paul of the Irish Times and Tony Walker, General Manager of the Sleeve Russell Hotel in Cavan. This week's show was produced by Suzanne Brennan with sound by J.J. Vernon. From me, Cliff Taylor, goodbye for now and thank you for listening.